Three unqualified morons and microphones. This is the previously recorded podcast. Welcome to Previously Recorded. I'm your host, R.P. Walsh. And as always, this episode of Previously Recorded is brought to you by Totally Tees. For all your t-shirt needs, contact Jack at Totally Tees. And if you want a cool, custom, previously recorded t-shirt or whatever you want for your company functions, your birthday parties, your family parties, your vacations, he's your guy to go to. And you can find him on Facebook and Instagram at Totally Tees. So, welcome back, guys. I know it's been a while. We have been had a crazy, crazy, crazy summer. It's been hard for the guys uh, to get together. Uh, Alberto's been traveling back and forth from Mexico, and Shane's been busy with his own things. Um, so I figured I'd come to you today with a mini episode, uh, kind of just about a variety of topics of what's going on in the uh, entertainment industry, in the world, and uh, what's important. I normally do this in the middle of the episode, but it relates to the topic itself, so this is going to be the uh, crumb bum of the week. I want to fight you. Why is that? Because you're a crumb creep, lush coward. You don't even know me, Mayor. You are a lush, I can tell by looking at you. And our crumb bum of the week is Sony Pictures. And for a lot of reasons, guys, I'm sure you can already know, it has to do with the Sony and Disney deal for Spider-Man. Now, if you don't know what's going on in this world... Um, Marvel Studios and Sony made a deal for Spider-Man to appear in five movies. Those five movies were to be uh, produced by Marvel, but paid for by Sony. So um, Marvel Studios Creative will get together with Sony Creative to form the story, formulate the plot, to get and then have a uh, consistent flow into the MCU, not including Venom and all the other shit that they got going on. Um, and then Marvel saw five uh, percent of the first day profits. So, whatever Marvel, whatever Spider-Man made the opening day, take five percent of that. That's what went to Disney. Now, you could say Disney has all this money; they don't need more. True, but if you're putting all of your 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 guys' efforts into it, Kevin Feige's efforts, then you probably should be seeing a little bit more back come back to you in your pocket. That's just me. Um, that's just the way it goes. So Disney went. When it originally won a 50-50 uh, split, apparently, that's what I've heard, I don't know, you know, obviously I'm not an insider, I'm just reading reports, uh, but apparently they settled down to 25% and then maybe 50% of the merchandising profits as well for the film. Um, that seems kind of fair considering it is, it is Disney's creative putting this together because we've seen the Spider-Man movies that Sony's put out. Uh, we've gotten five of them before Marvel came along and maybe two of them were good two or three of them were good uh, not including Spider-Verse that movie's fantastic but the live action and the cartoon producers do not intermix and the writers they really don't intermix so they're kind of their own thing um, and so Sony came out and said that they believe that they've learned all that they can from Disney and Marvel and Kevin Feige and that they have all this faith in their universe. And they have an established universe because they made one movie that was not good. If you enjoyed Venom, that's fine. Me personally, the suit was cool. And Tom Hardy was cool, even though you could barely understand what he was saying half the time. Uh, but I would not say that this is a movie to base your universe off of while including Spider-Man. Because it just doesn't make sense. And they're coming out with Morbius that, that could flop. Venom... Financially was a success, and like I said, most people did like it. I mean, most the general audience, not huge comic book fans, 
enjoyed this movie. And so Sony believes that for that specific reason that they don't need Marvel. And they said that Kevin Feige was stretched too thin, which I believe is just a bunch of horse shit. And they just wanted to uh, bring in their profits. And they said that Spider-Man, this is the first billion dollar movie for Sony Pictures. They've never had a movie make a billion dollars. And Spider-Man Far From Home made it. And they believe that that is on their, just Spider-Man alone. Um, and that it has no ties or connections or influence from Endgame, which is completely and utterly ridiculous. Uh, so for that reason, uh, and for leaving us with a goddamn cliffhanger, Spider-Man's identity gets revealed, and J.J. Jonah is back. And you, you, J. Jonah Jameson's back, and you do this to us. It's just... It's sad, and, and and I don't understand how they're going to move forward with this without kind of just rebooting it because Spidey suits all um, uh, Stark Tech. Uh, you can't tell me he, you're telling me he can't reference any of the climactic and huge events that happened in the past. How's that going to make any sense? No Happy Hogan, which I loved. He was great and Far From Home. Um, yeah, literally everything kind of the first two movies are based off. Uh, we'll have no meaning, no brought back, nothing to this. And it's just upsetting. And uh, I think Sony's really screwing the fans over. There are people that are happy about this, but I'm not one of them. And for that, that is why Sony is our crumb bum of the week. Now, another popular thing that's getting ready to launch and happening is streaming services. Now, recently, uh, Apple just had their, um, their little big announcement to announce the new iPhones and the new Apple Watches, but they also spent a little bit of time on Apple TV+. And uh, for those who didn't even know about this, Apple TV+, Plus is just their answer to everybody else ranking in the money from these streaming services. And it's going to be cost you $5 a month. And they're really headlining with four shows. Um, they're going to have a little bit, they don't really have a back catalog. They are, I think, getting Fraggle Rock and something from the creators of Sesame Street as well. And there's like a documentaries and there's an Oprah show. But the four main shows the, are um, the show called C with Jason Momoa, which takes place 600 years in the future. And a virus has decimated mankind. So mankind loses their sight and must adapt to survive. It has a gritty kind of feel, uh, a perfect fit for kind of the Momoa type. Um, but it's not going to make me want to get a streaming service just for this show alone the next one is called the morning show with steve carell and reese witherspoon and jennifer aniston are also in it uh much sure reese witherspoon's definitely a producer but i know for sure jennifer aniston is in the show and it kind of just takes a look at um you know the life of kind of morning show host it seems kind of interesting and it's something to do with their egos as well again i don't know that much about it um again not a show that I would want to pay $5 a month just to watch. And then we have this show, Dickinson, which is a dark comedy through the eyes of Emily Dickinson, where she takes her view on the world. And uh, this cruel and, you know, going through political and social climates back in the, the times of Emily Dickinson. And she's going to be played by Haley Steinfeld, which for some people is a big deal. Um, they love her. She's fine. She's cool. Again, not a reason. And then another show called For All Mankind. 
and it's about what would happen if the space race never ended. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have more come out and eventually probably movies as well. Um, but that's like their that's their big draw. They went lower than Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, five bucks a month. I think I'm a pass. Then obviously we have Disney Plus coming out, which is the hundreds of titles and original shows coming out, which we spent a little bit of time on in some of our previous episodes. Uh, but we will, these Disney Plus shows look unbelievable. And today they actually just released um, a whole list of the entire back catalog that will be available at launch. And guys, it's unbelievable. Um, I'll tweet it out on our previously recorded podcast um, Twitter account. If you want to take a look at the article and see what's going to be, you know, I don't know if it's 100% official, but it did launch at the Netherlands over the weekend. Uh, it's kind of like a test run, so I don't know if it's pulled from that. I don't know if it's if it is the Disney directly, but it's pretty extensive. And if you guys do not know about Disney Plus, you better learn about it because it's going to be unbelievable. Six bucks a month, six bucks a month, and if you signed up early enough, you could pay four bucks a month for three years up front, $150 up front, you get locked in for three years with Disney+. Plus. I did that. I think it's the best bang for your buck. Again, it's probably going to go up with all this stuff that they have coming out. So, uh, yeah, that's Disney+. Plus. And the, uh, there's two more, like, big streaming services that were announced slash coming out. The next one is HBO Max, which is different than HBO Go and HBO Now. It's Warner Brothers streaming service. And, um... Some of, the hot, some of the highlights that are going to be on it are uh, the entire Big Bang Theory, um, Friends, Pretty Little Liars, um, and The Fresh Prince. Will all back catalog will all be on there. As well as all the CW drama shows uh, will also be on there. So I'm assuming that means Flash, Arrow. Anything that's under the Warner Brothers label will be on HBO Max, which means Harry Potter. Um now, I'm not specifically sure if they've got the rights to the streaming for Harry Potter, but they want to do a Harry Potter show specifically for uh, this streaming service, which, depending on how you feel, I, don't, I think if it's not written and produced by J.K. Rowling, it might be okay. Um, and I really want to see a Harry Potter show that has... Nothing to do with Harry. I just want it to be in the wizarding world. Dealing with something else. Make something up. Go back into history. But don't connect it like you did with Crimes of Grindelwald. It doesn't need to happen. This wizarding world is so rich. And there's so much history there. There's so much that you can build off of. And that's what I want to see with the Harry Potter show if it happens. Or, like we talked about in our Harry Potter episodes. I would love to see it be remade. Each book into a season. And you take 10 episodes or 12 episodes. And you tell that that story. It would be unbelievable. Now, the first two books would probably be pretty short. And kind of hard to maybe make them a six to eight episode season. But when you get to four, even three, three, four, three and four and all and all that. You could really get into the meat of this uh, series and that would be awesome. So I, I don't really know any details about this Harry Potter show. But if it's going to happen, that's where it'll be on HBO Max. And then Greg Perlanti who did, um, he's the executive producer and showrunner, no longer showrunner, but executive producers, and got it off the ground for Arrow, Flash, um, Supergirl, Batwoman, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, anything on the CW, really, if you think about it, Riverdale as well, 
is Greg Berlanti. It's it's where he is. So he has a really good connection with Warner Brothers because they own CW. He will be producing uh, four young adult genre movies. Now, that's very broad. I know this. But uh, some of his work is also um, this movie called Love, Simon. So he does really well with that teen area, young adult. So chances are it's probably going to be pretty good if you're into that type of stuff um, and that type of genre. It's going to be really good. There's also a Gremlins cartoon coming as well. Um, And then a show called Lovecraft. And this is going to be a horror series based on a novel by Matt Ruff and is going to be produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. Now, you, you slab J.J. Abrams' name on anything, and I am all for it. So, that's going to be pretty damn cool and much more. So, that might be a streaming service I invest in. Uh, not for any um, original shows, more for the back catalog if I'm really, really interested. And it also, I think it's going to be connected with HBO Go and HBO Now. So if you have HBO and might might already get it or for a little bit of a price of an add-on, you might get it as well. I'm, I'm not really truly sure. And then another streaming service that has been announced and it's going to launch next April. Um, HBO, oh, for, by the way, HBO Max will launch in spring of 2020. This next streaming service is going to launch in April of 2020, and it is called Peacock, which is it. It is NBC Universal's streaming service. And so, not much is actually known about the streaming service so far. Um, there is a re- in the works, and this makes me cringe, a reboot of The Office and Saved by the Bell, two shows that do not need a reboot at all. Office, leave it alone. There's been two versions of it. There's the original, and then there's the one that we all love. With Steve Carell. Just leave it alone. It's fine. Just leave that on there. That's reason enough to get the streaming service. Which I don't even think it's going to be on there till 2021. And then say by the bell. Why? Why? For Saved by the Bell. I don't know. But I heard that AC Slater and Jesse will be back. Uh, Apparently Mark Paul Gossler has not been asked to come back either. But it's like if you're going to do it, bring back fucking Zach Barnes. Come on, guys. Um, And there's a Battlestar Galactica reboot in there, which I know everybody's hyped for. No, no one is. And uh, a new show from... Uh, Michael Shore and Ed Helms. Michael Shore has done Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, Parks and Rec, The Good Place. Dude makes fantastic television. So I'm sure that'll actually be pretty good. But this is just goes in line with CBS All Access. Who the hell wants it? The only reason I have CBS ever had CBS All Access was for Big Brother live feeds. And even after a couple weeks, who cares about that? Their streaming service is priced at $5 a month with commercials. I really don't know how well it's doing. They made their, they brought back Star Trek with Star Trek Discovery. It was, I heard it was pretty good, but I don't hear anybody talk about CBS All Access. And their plan was to host 
you know, Big Bang Theory. Kind of what they're doing is actually taking HBO Max and making that CBS All Access what they wanted it to be. And I remember when CBS All Access, they announced it and they said they're going to charge you to watch back catalog of the Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. And I was like, that's stupid. Why would anybody ever pay for that when you can either go buy the seasons or they're on all the TV all the time? But then now Disney Plus comes out and you know, even HBO Max, and I'm kind of all in on, I'm kind of all in on it, and I don't know if it's just, that's the world we live in now, and CBS All Access was kind of ahead of its time, and just kind of fell flat, and didn't really do anything with it, um, so, I kind of got to give props to CBS right there, um, for actually getting ahead of the game, and, you know, now it's really getting capitalized, once Disney announced theirs, that's when everybody else was kind of in motion, like, okay, let's get this going, but the production level that Disney Plus is going to put out is is really going to be interesting to see. And it's going to be like movie quality from everything I've seen and heard and can't wait for The Mandalorian to launch day one. And what they're doing too, which I like, which a lot of people probably will hate, is they're going to be weekly episodes. It's not going to be binge worthy, so you're not going to be able to finish it in two days or a day. And I actually think that's a really good idea because... You know, we did Stranger Things, and we did the Stranger Things episode of this podcast uh, maybe three or four, three weeks after the show came out, and or, th- or maybe even four weeks, I'm not really sure, and no one seemed to really kind of care about it, because it was a, it came and it went, you know? Stranger Things was like, okay, we, everybody watched it within the first week or two weeks, and that's all it was talked about, and then right after it died, where when you have something that's released week by week by week, you know, you might not get that instant gratification but you're gonna have people talking about it for a really long time you know this is it's eight episodes or ten episodes you have people immersed in this world for two to two and a half months and i think it's actually a really good idea especially when they're putting in uh, all this money uh to put it to give us this quality is that we should be able to enjoy it and really bask in this world instead of just kind of rush through it like a sprint where it's more of a marathon and we should be able to enjoy it like obviously you can still enjoy 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 a show as you binge watch, but I I have noticed that when I binge watch something and I think back, I'm like, I, I don't really remember that happening. But when I watched the show as it came out on HBO or Game of Thrones week by week by week, I remember it more clearly. And it's because I think maybe the material doesn't blend together in your head and I just feel like you enjoy it more. It's like a movie. If you watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 back to back, like immediately, you might get a little confused with how they are. Same thing with the Avengers, like what happens. Where you can just, if you take your time and watch it, it cements in your head and the more and more you say it. So I, I don't know. It could just be me. It could be my thinking. But I, I really like the idea of that. It's more of an event. And it's not two or three weeks. And I mean, even Netflix has rolled out that they are going to be kind of doing week by week for some of their shows. Um, I think one of the, nothing crazy or that has a big following i believe except for maybe the the great british bake-off is going to go week by week but we'll see uh, how that goes but speaking in netflix since they are losing the office to nbc universal one of their big additions is seinfeld and i know you know that's more of a cult thing and not everybody likes it but i think this will be a good way for seinfeld to reach a new audience for people in, in high school and college that have maybe never even seen the show, but now get to enjoy it and see how funny some of these bits are and be like, oh, finally recognize some of the classic, like, Festivus. It's a Festivus miracle! <laughs> um, like, classic bits from the show. So I think that's actually really, really 
cool and a, and a good idea for uh, Netflix. And now it's time for our piece pick of the week. And for my pick of the week, it is Tim Robbins Variety Show. I think you should leave on Netflix. It is some of the dumbest but funniest freaking skits you will see. Uh, they are so random, random, and weird. And if you uh, have seen his sketch sketches, you'll understand the random thing. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you guys, check them out. They're like 16-minute long episodes. There's a couple of them. You will laugh uh, hysterically at some of them. And they're just so, some of the humor in them are just so subtle. But they're so freaking funny, and you will thank us. Uh, he also has an episode on uh, the show, the characters as well, on Netflix, which you should check out because it's got some really, really good stuff. Um, it's really, really funny. That's all I can really say about it because I would quote it, but you guys have no idea what I was talking about if you haven't seen it. So it's called "I Think You Should Leave" uh, with Tim Robbins on Netflix. Um, so yeah, again, I just wanted to thank you, and I apologize for the delay in episodes. We have just been super busy. Uh, with work, life, and it's just been hard to find time to record uh, with everyone. But we do have some exciting episodes coming up. There's something I'm really, really excited for. It's going to be uh, probably premiere in the middle of August on previously recorded. Um, it'll probably be a pretty good episode, I think. And then we will also be doing an episode on our trip, to, well, my trip to Disney World with a very, very special guest um, that I'm excited to go over and talk Galaxy's Edge with and all the beer that I drank from Ogus Cantina and the blue and green milks. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so remember to like us and uh, follow us and subscribe and all that fun stuff. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Spotify. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're always posting fun stuff. Giveaways that some of you don't really respond to. Just guys, answer us. We're giving away free shit. Um, so again, hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you didn't, if you want to stay around, um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. You guys are the best.